Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Woke Agent. I am your host, Tiffany Jarvis. I'm a local real estate agent in Lexington, Kentucky. And this is the podcast where I talk to my friends in the real estate business about how they run their business, their opinions, their outlook on the industry, and just how they stay woke. We do deals with these people all the time. We don't know anything about them, and I am here to change that. I have a special guest today. I think I think we might do this maybe once a quarter. It's Todd back. Hello, everybody. Hello. Todd hosts his own podcast as well, but he is a guest on mine today. I'm pretty pumped. This is the first time being a guest on a podcast, so thank you very much. And you have a great radio voice, so thank you. I'm into thank that. You. you know, thank you. let's talk about the brokerage. You are you were you? I mean, you're one of the founding members of this new brokerage. It's been around for 18 months. About 18 months. Yep. So it's 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 a new baby. It is, and it's a literal baby for you. You said it is. This is my passion. This is literally my baby that we have taken from an idea to concept to execution. And it, um, I love talking about it. How long so, did you want to do this before you did this? That's a great question. And it's a long time. And so if you have a minute, I'm going to, we ta- have 60, I'm going to take you, <laughs> I'm going to take you through this journey because I think it, it tells a story. And so I am 37 years old. I've been, this will be my 14th year in the business. So I got in, I got licensed 2006, okay? And as we know, the arc of the economy, the real estate economy, what happened in, you know. Man, everybody I talk to, you know, you listen yeah, to my show, yeah. almost everybody I talk to got in the business about 06, 08, 09. Yeah. And they said, you know, we, we didn't know it was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, and first off, I, I do have to tell you that like your show is great, and so oh, you're the one. No, it it is great. <laughs> you're that one listener. Thank you. It is great. Keep <laughs> keep it up. Keep it up because it's good, and I think it's what we need more of. Is, is this as conversations, as collaboration, and um, so great job for you because it's Thank you. it's fantastic. Thank you. Um, so got in in '06. And thankfully, you know, like both of my parents, Greg and Deborah back, they are in real estate. They've been in it. Dad's been in it over 30 years. Mom's reaching about 20. And so had great mentors built right What in. was their life before that, before real estate? Or have they always done it <clears throat> since you've been, I mean, if he's been in yeah. for 30 years, you were seven yeah. when he started. Yeah. So, so mom is the easier answer because she was in uh, hospitality at the Hyatt for 20 plus years. So okay. that, so that was her career and her world before real estate. And she, you know, one of the things she's so good at talking to people, relating to people. And that was like her business for 20 years. And she looks really cool. She does look cool. I just got to point. I just got to say that Deborah <laughs> Back love, looks that. really cool. She's got the cool glasses and she's got the cool clothes. And I'm like, if that was my mother, I'd be like, Mama, can I borrow your wardrobe? That is funny. And, you know, she, she's a great mom. She really is. She is a great, great mom. We're very lucky, very fortunate to have her as, as, uh, as my my brother's mom. So, all right. So that's what mom did. And then dad, he, he was in a few different um he worked for a company called Bell and Howe, which was did some 
kind of like more engineering types stuff, I think. I don't even totally know, to be honest with you. But he, um, I remember it was my grandfather, my mom's dad that was like, hey, Greg, you really need to look into real estate. Was he into sales then or more Yeah, it was sales and he was flying back and forth, I know, to, to Pittsburgh to do trainings and things like that with the company. And then the, his entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit, he and his brother Keith opened up a donut place in Lexington called the Donut Hole that is no actually way. where Mondelli, Mondelli's Bakery is yeah. in Park Hills. That was their old shop. And it's set up, the dad told me, the exact same way. Those, oh, wow. Those are the same cases. Can he make you donuts to this day? I know. Day? He, but the thing problem with donuts was that he told me you had to start making them at about 2 and 3 yes. a.m. And when you have a young young family, that doesn't mix very well. So anyway, that's what they did. Um, wow. So that's, that was... And then... They were successful in real estate, and so that made it easy for me to, to look into real estate. And so when I got in in 06, um, I basically didn't say anything for five years. I was very quiet. I was very just trying to learn as much as I could. And I was like 23 years old. I was just trying to figure out where I was in, in the world. And we were at a local company, um, Milestone Realty. Yeah, I was there for 10 years and was with Ball Homes new construction team, learned a lot about new construction. I love new construction, love the company, love the people. And but we also could see real estate changing a little bit and the way that our customers and our clients, we, we just saw some changes happening and we just started kind of opening our, our eyes to, to when was this? So this was in like 2015. Okay. And you know, Keller Williams had started coming into the Lexington market. I was new to this market, 2015. I had okay. just moved back. So I remember this this fuel that Keller had created, the yep. the one over in Hamburg. Had, yep. I think they had recently opened yep. and it was they were the talk of the town. Yeah, and that's what it was because Keller Williams Bluegrass had been here for a while. Yeah, but and and really like the way I I don't remember hearing much about them at all, and it was kind of a I don't know like no one really talked about it, and that's before that like Facebook wasn't around and all of these you know all of these avenues to talk about things and learn about things they weren't really there, and so no one talked about it, and so we just kept our head down, did our work, and. You know, that was it. And I, I do want to mention that, you know, Milestone was a, what I call a traditional brokerage model where it's a, you know, every dollar you make. You pay and pay and pay X, and pay forever. X amount. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. There, there is no like, tw- like it's a, it's a, I don't know if we can say, per, but it's a certain percentage yes. goes to the broker. and For it, every deal. For every dollar you make. Yeah. Yeah. So. In 2015, we started, and I had always kind of been keeping my eye on like what's going on and what I think's happening within the market. And I also started getting into a lot of like this guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. That if some Gary people, V. Gary V. If some people yep. know Gary V, this was from way back when he was one of the first guys that came onto the scene and was like, you know, kind of you can do this type. Is of he thing. a killer guy? No, he's he's not even a real estate guy. He was just I didn't think so. No, he was just a person. Realtors love him though. Well, he came in and it was more like, hey, like 
you, it was kind of, you can do this just like I did it and let me show you how I did it. And it was a regular guy like who was doing his business and he just like kind of put himself out there. He had a a mindset that this is what I want to do. This is how I think it can be done. And even though like I'm not at a, a big company or a big brand, like I'm going to make my own brand and this is how I'm going to do it because I think a lot of people want to do that. So we get introduced to, or I get introduced to Dana Gentry at Keller Williams greater Lexington and Dana is awesome. You know, I always said she's like the, the coach Cal of uh, real estate recruiting because she, she knows her stuff and she is, you know, is very impressive. And so when I heard what their model was at Keller Williams, my mind was blown because I didn't know model like that existed. And so when you hear that and it just kind of opens your eyes to a different way that real estate can be done, it really changes your your perspective and your mindset because you never knew this was even like a possibility. Was the other Keller, they already had that model though for years. They did. And they didn't really, here's what I have heard. Yeah. And it, 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 it happened, I saw it, I mean, we all saw it. 2015, from what I understand, uh, Gary Keller stepped down from the company and someone else took over. And I can't, I don't know who that person was. Um, yeah, you might know. Yeah. It was probably a guy named John Davis, um, and Chris Heller, I believe were the CEOs at the time. And they started something called the, um, like the growth initiative. Yes. Yeah. They were all about let's hire and hire and hire right. and, and let's, you, we will take, dare I say, we will take it all. Yep. We will take anybody. Now they're they're continuing to get top producers. Mm-hmm. You know, the back team came mm-hmm. and, and Bob came and all these people came mm-hmm. and these are top high earning producers. Mm-hmm. But it was also people that were part time or, you know, had other jobs or or just weren't really quite motivated to sell. Mm-hmm. They took those people too. That was that mentality of 2015 and that recruiting thing. But from what I know now, they're reeling that back a little bit. They, Gary has since taken over again, and he is, you know, preaching quality versus quantity type thing. So did you see that happening there? Yeah, well, so when we were... When we were talking um, to Dana, and we were when we were thinking about making a move, making a switch, it, um, you know, Whitney Panel was the first one when she left uh, Prudential Berkshire. Like that shook like the real estate world because that was a you know a legacy brand, and she was with them forever. She was a top producer. She was all over the place. And when she left, I think that opened up a lot of eyes. That okay, this is like if she would do her research, and that's what she she did. Like okay, we probably need to see what this is all about. And when we saw it, that's what it was all about, it like kind of was a we probably need to do this. And it did get down to, because as agents, you know, that like nothing is guaranteed. And if we can look at on a schedule and be like, man, you know, for 10 years, like this is how much we've been paying our broker. That money's not coming back. And we have to do like what's right for us and our family and like our financial peace and freedom. 
And then you look at the other side of things at where real estate was going. And they were talking about things that we really hadn't talked about before. And when I started getting into the mindset and the, you know, just different sides of real estate, like it really spoke to me because it, it touched on a lot of things that I wanted to start getting into. And, um, and that kind of led us to where we, we jumped uh, to Keller Williams and, but you and your brother are young, you're young dudes. Yep. Did it take a lot to get your parents to do that move? I could see why you and Tyler would want to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, that that particular office is quite young. Mm-hmm. Um, did it take a lot to get your parents to be into this move? Yes. And it came down to explaining. And also it came down to the, the, the new construction aspect. Like that, That's a lot of business to yeah, walk away that's from. A ton, it's a ton. And I loved everything about it and the people that I got to work with. And I was so fortunate to, to do it. And I loved working with my clients. Like I, I loved it. I love new construction. But it also comes with like it's a, it's a different lifestyle with new construction. It's, it's working Saturday and Sunday you know, about every week and, you know, you're going from about noon to six o'clock and that's if people don't want to come back. And it just, it got to the point where is is this what you want to do for like forever? And with, with children coming into the picture and just lifestyle things, the answer was no. And so I knew that we wanted to make a shift. Dad was kind of downshifting to where he had been doing this grind for you know 15 years and while it provided a lot for our family he was ready to do something different and so it was a timing thing it was a an opportunity thing and once we kind of talked about it and weighed it all out it became clear that like we should do this okay so you're into this keller thing you you decide that i'm you know i want i'm gonna start my own brokerage Mm mm-hmm and you did it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not a broker, but your dad, Greg, is the broker. And Correct. you just, you and a, a few other people started a brokerage. It's <laughs> With, crazy. It, it, it yeah. is a little crazy. I mean, yeah. and, and and lo and behold, look, it's worked out. That's like, right. beautifully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and so what happened, you know, the mindset behind that was, okay, so then two years at Keller, Dad was the the broker, and we when we worked at both, we worked at Keller Williams mm-hmm. Greater Lexington for about a year, and Keller Williams Bluegrass for about a year, and we learned we learned a ton, and we learned when we would go to these. I mean, I went to everything. I went to the classes at the at the local office. I went to the regional ones. I went to the national ones. Like I was soaking in everything I could, and it was a very eye-opening experience to hear all of the different ways that people run a real estate business because I was just used to one way. Like one way, that's it, this is how it's done, and then you get introduced to this and it's like, wow, there are a ton of ways to run a real estate company. And then, you know, when we were at Greater Lexington, I always tell people it was like Voltron or something and and this one little like six month period in 2016 there if you look at who is actually there all at the same time this is before the Richmond office opened this was before some people went to KW Bluegrass there was a six month period where the the producers at greater was unbelievable oh yeah and and that culture was amazing right and so learned a lot 
saw some things that I really liked and then saw some things that I, I didn't really care for and went to KW bluegrass and really what I wanted to do there was eventually I wanted to become the team leader there and take over that office and I had talked. Is that is that what Dana was? Yeah. So Dana was the team, the recruiter, and the yeah, okay. and kind of ran the office and okay. kind of did the, you know, had kind of was kind of guiding the ship, you know. Okay. And so that like kind of everything went through her. There's so many titles there, there that are. it's it's hard to keep up with it. And it's something that in real estate, like you think of uh, leadership in an office, and it's just not something that most people ever think about, right? It's like, well, whoever the broker is, that's who does everything. But what we learned at Keller was like, sometimes a broker's role is much different than, Hey, who do we want leading the office? Kind of just putting it in the, you know, putting us in the right path of like, this is, this is how we want to set it up. This is what we want to do. And they're two different, very two different roles. And a lot of people just, lump them all together. And I think that's an opportunity that, that we saw was like, Hey, like we all have different skill sets. We all have different strengths. Like if your strength is this, you do that. And if your strength is this, you do that. And we can make our own team out of this is kind of what we were thinking. But with the brokerage from I'm, I'm new here. I yep. don't know everything. Um, but from what I see, you know, you're you don't have a recruiter person here, right? Um, I had talked to you a, a long time ago um, through Chris, yep. And and I know all these people, but <clears throat> but no one calls me, you know, out of the blue to say, hey, you know, you're at wherever you are, and do you want to come to be in the brokerage? Yep. Um, there, there's not that one person, so and it's almost a collective. You got to sit down with these people. They all got to want you. Mm-hmm. What if one person doesn't? Do, is that is that agent not invited or how yeah. does that happen? Yeah. So what what we do there has that happened? It has it has happened, and we learn a lot from those discussions. And each time that it has happened. It's always been the collective decision has been the right decision. And that's the reason we set it up like that. And what I want to do, and I know I'm being slow with this, Tiffany, so thank you. But I I want to go back to when we decided to, to do the brokerage. Okay. Okay, because this will make sense when you hear this part. Is that, so when we decided to do it, we could see again. So back when I'm thinking of like, okay. I believe that I'm going to be taking over the the KW Bluegrass office at some point. And so what I want to do is I want to talk to who I think is the core of that office. And I just want to see how things are going. Because that was a weak point that I saw was that no one was really talking to anybody. Right. There was a lot of conversation but i felt like no one was really talking is it because it's such a big a big broker i mean could be and i sometimes a lot of times i think it's who it's kind of what is the like who's in charge and what is it that they are supposed to do because it is a role right it is a job and i know that 
there were directives about, hey, you have to meet with so many people a week and so many people a month. And if you don't hit these numbers, that's going to affect, you know, your the your finances. Coaching, it, you have to do that. Yeah, and it's, there's, it's just yeah. a lot. And, I, yeah. and I've seen that part of it. And I like I said, everybody is doing the best that they can. And I don't blame you know, it's just it is what it is. You know, it's the way right. it's the way things are set up from the top down. Yeah. And so I, though, coming from my perspective, I was like, well, I want to talk to to Chris and, and, and Ryan come in. And, and I just went down the line of who they who, were at Keller. Yeah, they were at Keller. And I just okay. want to talk to him and just see like, hey, how are things going? Like, how are you doing? What would you do differently? Because the nucleus was there at that office at the time that I thought this is like a sleeping giant that we can really do some amazing things. But, you know, a few things have to change. And the shocking part of that when I'm trying to collect that data is how many people wanted something different and they didn't know where to go and they didn't know like what other company they that would, was me they would go to for years yeah and <laughs> and so the more I was and and this came a lot and so I was getting it I was thinking about it and it was one of those moments where Tyler and I had just went to Miami Florida to Gary V's Agent 2021. And it was just one of those moments I'll never forget because it was like the final domino where things just got really clear. And it was a whole like two days of just straight fire. Like this is like this is your opportunity. Like it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen next year. Like your opportunities right now. And so what are you waiting for? And so after that, I remember talking to my family and I was just like, I think this is the moment that we're ready for this. I think Lexington and Central Kentucky, there's a group of agents that want something that is smaller, that is more specialized, that is dedicated to bringing on the best people and staying true to that and really creating a real estate family and doing a lot of fun things that we don't see people doing. And so when we were getting started, some people are like, well, why are you bringing on like partners? And, you know, that was always a thought process. And, and my goal with that was even if this doesn't work, I want to surround like ourselves with very good people that even if it's just the seven of us, we're all going to have a really good time and we're going to really like and respect and trust the people that we work with. So when you started that, it, it sounds to me like you you knew that, okay, we've talked to seven people. If it's just the <clears throat> seven of us, fine. Yep. You know, if, if no one joins this thing called the brokerage yep. and it's just us, yeah. we will be seven people owning a brokerage and that's it. Correct. And, and... And I think this is part of the story, too, that needs to be told. I've never done this before, like kind of on the, the mic. But, you know, we there was another um, two other people that were part of the initial conversations for the brokerage. And, you know, the longer the conversations went on, it was just we could tell that it wasn't going to be a great fit for what we wanted to do and what and what they wanted to do. And so it sucked and that and that friendship that was really strong has deteriorated because of it. But I just keep going back to like they would not have been happy. 
we would not have, it just wouldn't have been a great fit because like I know what they wanted. And the great thing is, is they started their own company and it's exactly what they wanted. And, yeah. and that is what I mean, so, that's, which sounds awesome. That is it. Do you like thing. to me, that's it. Like that's what's <laughs> yeah. so exciting is that you, this is what you wanted to do like that. And, and so, you know, so with that seven, it's a collective to where we want the like we want the opinion of everybody because we feel that with the group that we have like we all have differences with among us and so we know that like when we make a collective decision it's been well thought out you know and so when it comes to agents is our agent selection is is one of the most important parts of our company. It seems like the everything yeah. about the brokerage. It it's is. it's a really interesting. I, I've got all these questions that I wrote yeah, down. Sorry, Look at this. Look at this. That is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I know. And it's it's so interesting to me to look at. First of all, who was the first agent that came on? Not the seven, mm-hmm. but the first person that said, "You know, I see this vision. I'm gonna I'm gonna join you." So we had a few. Uh, team members that were with us with the back team at Keller Williams. Okay. They came up. So team members came over with us, but kind of, which was who? So Todd Davis, uh, Brad Horn, you see the Candace. I Brad. didn't even know they were on your team. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I know. Uh, and then Ryan Kamenish, Abby Prater. He was on your team. No, no, no. They were on Chris's team. Are they, they're not on Chris's team now. Um, Abby, Abby, is and then Ryan is kind of he's doing his own his own thing. Now. These are not teams that you think of the Keller teams. <clears throat> this no. is a totally different. This is different our, vision. Yes. These are people that produce on their own. Correct. They're not like Todd. I I didn't know that. Yeah. So and so Todd was a a a friend of mine. He was a client of mine. And so when he got out of the banking And you were world, like, man, that personality, you need to be here. I did. And we just <laughs> we just did his podcast this week, which we'll get when we talk about it. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. And we thought he's, you know, but but probably the the first one that was outside of the team was was John Black and Corey Brown. Like they were two of the first the first ones that we we talked to and had identified from just various. Well, Kentra had talked about being one of those people too, that she was at Keller. Mm -hmm. She knew you all were, you guys were friends Mm -hmm. and you were going to do something eventually. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, you know, call me and let me know when you do. Yeah. Probably thinking like this may never happen. Oh yeah. But you did. You called her later and let her know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what, and so we, we launched in August. Uh, oh, oh, and this is a great, this is a fun story too. So when we're at the final stages of kind of putting everything together, and it's probably the great one of the greatest things that ever could have happened is that our former uh, bo- team team leader boss at the time at KW had found out that like this was happening. And just asked us that, hey, you know, you guys probably need to go ahead and 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 leave. Um, and so we weren't quite ready to roll everything. I might know where this is going. Well, it, just everything wasn't ready yet. And but the key to it all is like you, you're never going to be ready. Like it's never going to be perfect. You just got to do it. And so that forced us to just be like, okay, 
here we go. So this is where I thought this was going because I love Eli at Lifestyle, mm-hmm. and he told me that when this when this change was occurring, that he had reached out to you guys and said, "Hey, if you need somewhere to hang your license for yeah. however long." I am open to you. Yeah, yeah. And Eli, we had a few uh, coffee meetings. Man, uh, what a great dude. Great like, guy. Great talk. <laughs> and I loved his uh, his philosophy of what he was was doing and what he was like, what his business model was. Like, I thought it was it was very smart, you know, and very savvy. And I loved it because it was it's it's one of the right same thing it's a way to run a business that is for a lot of people yeah a lot of people that is their model is the perfect model and that's what i love about real estate is that there's some there's a right fit for everyone but there wasn't there wasn't for a long time true and and i say this personally from coming from village real estate in nashville which was a dream it was a dream brokerage it was affordable it wasn't you weren't paying thirty thousand dollars a year you know you're paying something reasonable and you they sold just a lot of real estate and they had parties and they had fun and they had meetings once a month that you you better get there early or you're not getting a seat and you know there there were hundred hundred something people in these meetings just to listen to the broker and just to get like just to get near Bobby Noreen was like it was it meant something. Yeah. Um I, I shared a my office was right next to her, so she was my mentor and I learned everything that I know from her. There was nothing like that here. Yeah. Yeah. For a long, long, long time. Yeah. And when I met with you, I thought, you know, wow, this is uh this is a little bit similar to that. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you pick these people? Why what is the brokerage looking for? In, a, in an agent. Yeah, and we've gotten really lucky. And you know, I, I talk about that at our office meetings. And one of the things that I think hopefully people recognize and like about the brokers once you're here is that we're going to give it to you 100%. Like, we're not blowing smoke. We're not talking about rainbows and unicorns. We're talking about real estate. We're telling you how things go down, our mindset, what we believe in. And I think it's great because you look at the collective of the agents that we have and the ownership that we have, and you know that we we know what we're talking about. Like there's a track record there, which is important. And so with the agents that we're looking for um, now, especially, is that we want someone that when they come in here, like they're going to give as much to the brokerage as the brokerage is going to give to them. And so we want people who believe in collaboration. We want people who believe in raising the standard in real estate that like just doing enough is really not enough. If we want to be the standard, Um, we want people that believe in coming to the office and all you have to do, like we come to the office Mondays at 10 a.m. Like that's it. Like it's an hour. We don't feel that's asking too much. And we and know, people do it. People do it. People it's do busy. It. You better come early or you're not getting a seat. Yeah. And that's what, and from the outside looking in, you know, people look at that and they're just like, what are you guys doing to get people to come this to This is what I, this is what I never, I, I never understood is you're not doing anything out of the ordinary. I swear. We did it at Village yeah. all the time. You come yeah. in, you talk about upcoming listings. Yeah. 
I got a buyer that needs this or that. Greg will say two sentences, you know, what's going on with the broker. Mm -hmm. And we might talk about a a nightmare story that might have happened to you in real estate for that week. Yeah. It's not rocket science. No. Why do the people show up? Because other brokers want to do the same thing. Yeah. And, and Keller probably does the meetings too. I mean, Mm -hmm. we didn't do that where I was, but you know, we wanted to, Mm -hmm. but no one would show up. Mm -hmm. And why, why, why did they come? I think one of the reasons is that we, when we started the company, like that was one of our founding things is that we want collaboration and not. Can you curse on here? I don't want to say it. Probably. Well, not. hell yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, that may come out later, but we like we want people who like want to be here, right? And they want to like they want to talk to you before yeah. the meeting and after the meeting and see what's going on. Like that is something that you can't force. And some people, that's just not for them. And guess what? I always said that's great. That's okay. And that just said, like, you're probably not the best fit for what we're doing here. And that's 1,000% okay. That's what, one of the things that I always, Seth Godin talks about it a lot. And that is when we try and do everything for everybody. And, you know, he calls that average. Like, you're trying to appeal to everyone and you end up appealing to no one. And so we want a certain person on like at a certain spot in their journey, you know, like say, say for me eight years ago, I wouldn't have been ready for the brokerage. Like I wouldn't have been ready to collaborate like we do. I wouldn't have been ready to show up. I would, I just wouldn't have been ready for that. And, um, and it's something that I think it's cool when people come from another company, like, like you have, and you come in and you see the meetings and the collabs and the panels that we do. Like I like when I meet with people, it's like I'm not just telling you that it's different. Like once once you get here, you'll know it's different. And I can't like and it's better when you see it versus me telling you. I gotta you. tell you the panels here are better than the ones at Elbar. Like it, it's it is. Like it, and right? it's just like, as many people that seem to show up. Yeah. I mean, we've got 51 agents and 40 of them will show up. Yeah, we'll get we'll get 40 people and And 10 of them are on vacation. That's right. That's right. And and you look when you look at the the breakdown of the people like we talk about, we're we're a top five company now We're we're number two in production per. So we have the numbers that back up like the these are the people that are in the room. So not only are they in the room, but they're also doing a lot of business and they're doing a lot of business the right way. And then people say, well, what's the right way, Todd? I'm like, the right way is communicating with the other agents, communicating, over-communicating with your clients. The right way might be not being a pompous ass about it too, (laughs) you know? Yes. That might be the right way. And as I mentioned at the, yesterday, at our last Meaning, you know, if we ever get complaints from other agents or other brokers about something that our agents are doing that we know is, is not the brokerage way, like we're going to have a discussion. Have you about had it. that happen that someone at another brokerage, uh, another agent would call or even a client might call and say, you know, that agent at the brokerage did this to me. Have we, you had it happen? We've had one phone call about something that happened with an agent before. It was while they were with another company. And 
but because they were with us now, the the person who who had a complaint, you know, we're talking to to us about it, even though this happened. But it's still something that we discussed and we talk about and we make sure that, you know, we try hey, we don't need this to happen again. And like, what are ways that we could do to avoid this? And because we just there's no need to, you know, like there's ways to, that we have to conduct ourselves and the way that we run our business. And, you know, some, sometimes it's so much is communication. That's what we pre communication, communication, communication. And so that's, that's what it comes down to. I am curious if you interview a lot of agents, um, from, from an outsider that was looking in and, and, you know, I've even told people that, it's it's almost an invite only type brokerage that you you're not calling people you're not sitting on the phone all day and looking up ten million dollar producers and calling no. them you're not doing stuff like that so no. people call you yep. primarily mm-hmm. um, are you I mean are you interviewing people quite often and do you turn a lot of these people away because yeah I I've heard <clears throat> I've heard that yeah you know it happens yeah we. Again, not by design. You know, so much of this stuff just just happened. But where we early on had people contact us through various means, like Facebook Messenger, Instagram, phone call, text, you know, like interested in in the brokerage. And so we had those type of conversations with people and you know, we, we looked at it too. Like we talk about this too, like an, like an IPO type of a stock where if you get in early, like that's good on you. You know, you identified something that looks interesting and you were the one to say, Hey, I want to be part of that. And we think that shows a lot of, you know, shows a lot of confidence and ambition and, and like savviness. And, and we like that, you know, that, hey, you contacted us and we have not. Con- I think there was maybe a, a time period where we were just like, well, we identified like these five agents that we wanted to call. And so we called them. And here's the thing. And I think it's so, so funny is that, you know, we are not recruiters like we're not yeah. and we're not good at it i'll just tell you flat out we're not good because the five <laughs> hey peop- do you want to come the five nope. the, all right bye the five people <laughs> that that we called uh i think three of them wound up going to a different company a different local company and so we knew that um they were like looking to make a change and so and then the other two, I, I think they're still where where they're at. But and then we just decided after that, we're like, you know, that just doesn't feel great doing that, you know. And and one thing that I'm very proud of is that we've grown to 51, the what I consider to be the right way. Meaning that even though, like, have you said like when we met? Hmm. Like when we met previously, we met a year ago or so. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, I just yeah. didn't want. So we met a year ago, and it wasn't like we. You can speak to this that every month I was texting you or emailing you like, "Hey, Tiffany, how are you doing? Are you still no, thinking about nothing switching?" Nothing like that. Because we know that it's kind of a you know do what you want kind that's of thing. It, if you if you're interested, that's great. If not, yeah. like yeah, it's okay yeah, too. Because we know you're a professional. You're one of the top agents in Central Kentucky. And I am. You are. Yeah, you are. And so you don't need us, you know, pestering you, asking if you're still interested. You know, if you're if you're interested, 
you'll let us know. And I think that's the that's what we put off and like that's the vibe that that's what we do here is that we if people are interested we'll talk to them we'll see if it's a good fit and you know most of the people so far like it's it's been a great fit and there's maybe been one or two that have been like let's just let's see how it goes and it's funny how things work out have you had anybody leave we have had we've had two people Join and leave. Well, one person didn't renew. They got three people have left to go to different jobs outside of real estate. Okay. And then one person left to go. His in-laws own another local company here. And so he went back to work for that company. And so that's it. And so that's kind of, you know, that's an amazing track record for what we're doing here is that usually when people get here, they, they stay so far. Yeah. So I went to the Zillow conference. I go every year. Uh, two years ago, I went, and the their big thing at that point was the market is changing. You know, this was two years ago, so it didn't really change. It was still very hot, but they were saying there's going to be a shift coming that we're going to turn to a buyer's market. And they're just saying in general, you know, mm-hmm. from what from what I've heard that New York is now quite a buyer's market. Mm-hmm. So there are markets out there that are. Um, they were talking about agents and how the the top agents are the brokers are going to be fighting for the top agents in the market right. because of this shift. Um have you felt anything like that? And I mean, because this company has, we're number two behind Sotheby's. Right. You know, and a lot of Sotheby's people might sell three homes a year at $5 million a piece. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm selling 50 homes a year, nowhere near that. So, you know, how, what are your thoughts on that, that, you know, brokers are going to be competing for the top agents, you know, I don't think the brokerage has to worry about stuff like that. Yeah, we we honestly don't. We don't even. And I think that's a great point that you that you bring up that sometimes these national stories that we hear can cause us to get distracted. And we know that we just need to stay focused on what we're doing and how we're doing it and executing on our plan. And that's something that we talk about a lot is, is the whole execution on our plan, because I could give whoever like, Hey, here is our plan. Like of, of what, how we run our company. Like here is our splits. This is what we offer. Here you go. And I could give it to 10 people and it all comes down to how well are you going to execute this plan? How well are you going to connect with your people? How well are you going to brand your company? And what are you going to put out to the world? Like that, that's what it all comes down to is execution. Like everybody has ideas. Everybody has things that they think could work, but it's like, just go do them and do them well enough, long enough and make enough mistakes that you learn from them. And like good things will happen. And I think to what you just said, like I read stuff like that all the time and I just have to say like, no, like we got to stay focused on what we're doing and the quality of our work and what we believe in. And I just believe that if you get the best people in one room together, good things are going to happen. Like you're going to say something that's going to lift me up. I'm going to say something that's going to lift you up. I'm going to have a story that you're going to learn from. You're going to have a story that I like. 
it it's all about the people and the way that we connect. And I just think that nothing good happens in isolation. And I think that's something that in real estate happens a lot is that it's a lonely, you know, career. People get in isolation, they get in their head and it's like, no, don't do that. Like get in here, let's talk, let's let this company like raise you up and then you go out and be the best version of you. And so whether you're, you know, you're doing a million or 10 million or what, like it really doesn't matter to us. We just want our agents to raise their level up and just whether that's an income or balance in life or happiness, whatever it is, like we just want to provide an environment that's going to lift people up like with what we're doing as a company. And so when you look at like with, with what we're doing and what I see some of our competitors doing, it's just two very different things. And it just is another stamp of like, you're doing the right thing. Keep going. So I want to switch gears just a little bit here. If you know, we've got 15 minutes, but it's my show and I can do it however long I want to. That's right. So I, you and I talk a little bit about, um, you know, I, I, you've been fantastic to me, by the way. I think Thank you. you've been good to me. The company's been good to me. It's been a, a quite a difficult transition. And, you know, I appreciate that. So we, I want to know why agents shit on other agents for the way that they run their business. Mm-hmm. Why is this a thing? Mm-hmm. And And I, here, I'll read you, which I did send it to you already, but... This is something that I read on the Facebook page that says, this is from an Elbar agent. It says, I think agents who are calling expired listings are pretty desperate anyways, and they probably don't care. Well, you know, I care. Yep. And I want to say, Bob, Bob Sophia is a cold calling machine and his team is, and I got to say, ain't nothing desperate about Bob and that team. (laughs) I mean... There's not. So why why shit on other agents for the way they run their business? Yeah, I I think people always. It doesn't matter if we're talking real estate or we're talking just anything in life that something is done differently than the 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 standard. I think people always they they push back against it, and it's no different than I remember back when email was getting to be a new thing in real estate, right? Email. Or dot loop or all that. Email. This is a trend. Dot loop, smartphones, like it, anything like that, people push back because it's something different. And I think that when people talk about door knockers or, or expireds or I can't believe people do this or do that, I just think we have to realize that it, it like, why, why is that bothering you? Like, right. why, why are you getting so upset ab- about that? And, and I get that, oh, well, they, they were my clients and we just took it off and, and put it back on. And, and, and I would say this, well, instead of you getting frustrated by that, like here's, and this is what we talk about here at the brokerage. Like if that's going to happen, like Tiffany, if I have your house listed and we're going to take it off the market for 30 days during December. And so it can reset on Elbar. We'll show up as a new listing and beginning of the year. Like this is what our plan is. And this is what we're doing. I'd say, okay, Tiffany, here's what's going to happen. We're going to take this off the market. You are going to get 10 to 20 phone calls and emails and people that show up at your house who 
are trying to get your listing. Like that's going to happen. And these folks mean nothing bad by it. They are looking for business. They are actually looking to help you because they know that your house did not sell and they want to help you sell it. Okay. So don't get mad at them. Just politely say, I'm already listing with Todd back in January. Please contact him. And I was like, that's all you have to say. Here's what you don't do as an agent. Why would you relist with Todd? He didn't sell the property. He's ter- he's a bad agent. Correct. I can do it better. Correct. Don't shit talk another yeah. agent. Yeah, that 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 is what ruins just the the industry and that's what puts a bad taste in the mouth of a lot of people is when we do that. And that again is something that like if we ever find out that one of our agents is doing that, then we'll have a conversation in the conference room and it either, if they admit it's just, it can't happen. Like that's period. Like the threshold on that is zero because there's no room for it. And why, why would you do that? Like, why would you do that to somebody? And I think that there is a group of people that sometimes it's just like, they don't know any better and they just want to voice a something they're frustrated about. But then I always go back to the like, man, I, I really feel I just anytime, anything with this, I'm like, I really feel bad for that person that they are in the spot in their life where they feel that like, that's the best thing to do. And man, I just feel for him. That's the same thing with anything I see on Facebook when people say stuff like that, that I'm just like, man, that, that stinks. And I really feel for you. And like, if there's anything I could do to help, I would, but sometimes you got to work through your own stuff. And that, um, I don't know if that answers that. I just like doing the right thing is always the right thing. And getting on Facebook and complaining about your, your colleagues like that's what we all are. We're all colleagues. Like that's just that's wrong. And you know. And then I love what our uh, our CEO Justin Landon. That's another one you should get Justin on. Justin's here. fantastic. He, is, he awesome. is a man of the people. He is, and he's on Facebook, and he'll write you he back. Is. I've sent him emails, and he'll write me back. And he's great, and he's smart. He's yeah, smart. He I just, I've yeah, met him is. a few times, and he's just he's smart. And I say this that like I love people that get it. And, and yeah. I think Justin gets it. And so it's like, hey, if you have a problem with that, file a complaint. Like, don't go on Facebook. And there's no Facebook police. Like, yeah. go to KREC, go to Justin, go to Elbar and say, hey, look, this is what happened. And was anything done illegally? Can they do this? Like, you know, there's something for everybody. I mean, it's just but but here's the key, Tiffany, and the key for anybody like I used to be in a spot where I would sometimes I would let something like that just bother me so much. I get that way too. I know, and I, I would, have really high anxiety. And when when people don't like me or yeah. what I'm doing or what I'm trying to do, it really hurts me. You know, I I feel like uh, I we did this listing panel yesterday, and you asked why. You know, what makes a particular person different than, you know, why should I work with you versus someone else? Well, because I work all those people. That's why. You know, and that's what I, and I really feel like that. And I, and and I agree. I, I feel like that. Yeah. But 
I, it, it does bother me. It yeah. does. And and I'll tell you. One it, of the, something else that bothers me is unethical behavior yep. and pr- being a damn professional. And when you're not, look, when I sign up for that board, I don't get to say whatever I want to say. I don't get to do whatever I want to do. You know, I got no business, political, and all that stuff on Facebook. I signed up for the board. I don't get to say whatever I want to say. So... That's my two cents. No, I agree. And, you know, something that that this, that creating the brokerage has, like, one of the biggest effects it's had on me is that, you know, there were some pretty, um, how should I say this politely? Say it not politely. Hurtful things said to me by former people at, or just actually not people, a person at my former brokerage And man, like that just, it really, it was just so disappointing to hear that like, okay, when I was on this side of the line, you said all of these things about me. And now that I did this and I explained, I said, look, this is why I want to do this. Like, this is where I am in my journey. You don't have to understand. But it's like, this is what I want to do. Like, how can you fault me for wanting to do something that's going to help me personally and professionally and something that I feel there is a need for? And like, it's ready. Like, I'm ready to do this. And so... You just have to let stuff roll off your back and just know that, like, you know who you are and you know what you're about. And if people say shit about you, excuse my language, but fuck them because they don't they don't know you. They don't know what you're all about. It's difficult even on an agent level coming somewhere new. You know, you you could go anywhere. I could go anywhere. Yeah. But it it was a lot of. You know, I I don't un, I don't understand why people go there. I don't understand yeah. the dynamic of those people and how they fit together. And I'm like, you don't have to. Yeah, and we don't have to. You know, and I, I called Karen to pray. She's a friend of mine and and just a wonderful human being. And I I said, look, you know, it really bothers me. Someone said they didn't understand the fit of us and and what we're doing. And she said, you know, why? Who cares? We don't have to fit together. All we're doing is just working hard and having fun doing it. That's yeah. all we're doing. Yeah. And that's and I think it, it also showed me about the the patience factor and like there were times where we'd get these these micro wins, right? These small victories. And you know, me, I wanna go like when we got like our twentieth agent, I wanted to go on Facebook and just be like just sit just kind of you know, you want to gloat a little, gloat a little bit, right? <laughs> or, or the month that like we finished first in Fayette, yeah. Fayette County, like yeah. I wanted to scream from the rooftop. But that's not that's not our brand. That's not what we do. That's not what we're about. And now it's just been a real great that I can now talk about these things a little bit and just be like, hey, look, that's where we were. Like in December, and when we do, we do it quietly. We do it with our agents to just like give you guys the ammunition. But people know. They know. Yeah, and that's and that's you know, what's great when they We got some of the top people on the board, you know. Yeah. And and here's my thing. I just think not everybody here at the brokerage is selling twenty million dollars of property. Mm-hmm. There are some of us that aren't. But the quality of the people, it means something. Yeah. You know, there's there's not an agent in this company that well, here's, I think, I don't know if I had talked to you about it. I showed a listing at six o'clock at night recently, showed this listing. It was a weird, unique property. And I thought, man, no one's going to like this. 
apparently six people did. There were six offers on it. I had no clue. Yeah. Not a clue. I walk in with my clients who have a home to sell. They fell in love with this house. And I thought, well, you know, we got to sell your home first. We're talking about this process. The next day, you know, I want to sleep on it. The next day I call and he's like, no, there's six offers on that. We just accepted an offer last night. And I said, well, I was there from six to seven and no one told me it was dark outside I had no idea. There's not a person in this company that wouldn't have called me and said, hey, there's six offers. You need to bring the heat if you're going to bring it. Yep. And that's that's such a great point. And, and that is what we consider to be a professional and doing it the brokerage way. Like, yeah, you could just accept one, but it. Number one, is that putting your client in the best position? Because maybe we could have been a cash buyer, cash buyer, 14 day close, whatever day close. No one spec like you just never know. But again, it's just like that is not. And then people say, well, if that's what the seller wanted, if the seller instructed it, please. But, but again, like typically the agent is is a real estate advisor. That's what they should be doing. And if you ask me, Tiffany, if you're my client, and you're like, well, Todd, we got six offers. And I'd say, well, there's another one. She's actually in the house right now. She's been there for an hour. Do you want me to call her to see if they are thinking about bringing it's an It's so damn difficult to call and pick up the phone yeah. and let somebody know. Calling people on the phone. Yeah. Why is it why why is it weigh ten pounds to yeah. even just call our fellow agent? It's a, it it's, does. It's a lost art and it um Unfo- Not here. Unfortunately, we talk about it all the we time. We talk about it all the time because that is what differentiate. And you brought up. Um, I'm glad you brought up Sotheby's because they they are um, one of those brands that like they're one of the brands that I'm like yeah like that's that's a brand that we we hold as a benchmark for yeah. us because we love the way that they operate their company. We love the, the agents there. We lo- like, it's a great company. And so that's something that it's like, yeah, like if we can be mentioned in the same breath as them, like we're doing a lot of things right. And so it's been pretty cool to see kind of how that's progressed. We well. talked about this in Nashville all the time. I was on a team called the Nashville radius and our big thing was, we the Nordstrom effect we want to be the Nordstrom Mm -hmm. we want to be the Chick-fil-a you know it's our pleasure you know we love taking care of you when you go to Nordstrom it's a totally different experience to go to JC Penney's you know they take care of you and that's I think that's important I want to ask you something that I ask everybody on the show I'm obsessed with the Newsday piece Mm -hmm. I shared it on our Facebook page you might have seen it Mm -hmm about diversity and and it was it was about um uh just full-on racism and discrimination in the real estate industry Mm -hmm. does this happen in lexington and central kentucky and fayette county in your opinion i honestly have no idea if it does but i guess what do you think i mean would you say that it and i I think it does here's here's where i struggle where i struggle with it because i don't I didn't like my mind, my brain, it just, it doesn't work like that. And, and I, and it even goes back to, I was having a conversation with my, my fiance Lauren about this and I, I'm just, this is another, I think it's similar. It ties in just over how your mind, like, I just don't think of it like that. And that is where I, I was, uh, 
I've been I've been divorced. I was married for ten years. I have a you know a four year old child with my with my ex wife, and I just consider like my family is is my family. Like not some people like well that's you know like I love your blended family because um, Lauren and I have a son together. But it's just like my mind like even though that's probably technically what it is blended family. I I just it's my family. Like I don't put like. I don't know. I just, my mind doesn't think like that. It doesn't process info like that. And so the fact that like when you watch that piece and you read about it, it's just like, how in the world can people, I don't know, just in today's society, like do that or think that it's, it's the right thing to do. I don't know. I just, I struggle with it because I just, you just think like who, who does that? I don't know. Yeah. Like you just, and I'm sure that it is happening. I know? just had a podcast with Joy Murphy, who's from Long Island, and she talked about how how just segregated the city is. And you know, you've been to New York, I'm sure, mm-hmm. and it's there's little Italy and little Haiti, and you know, there's heavy Hispanic uh, neighborhoods, and they're all kind of. It's interesting how we segregate ourselves. I have clients coming from Long Island that are moving here in the spring and she's like, you know, you don't you don't get that here. There's not pockets and neighborhoods, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a little bit, mm-hmm. but not it's so spread out. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to Masterson Station and it's it's all kinds of people in the rainbow that live up there mm-hmm. and coexist and love it. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, you and, know. and that's what, you know, and, and you know, Karen Dupre is gonna be speaking on, on Monday at our collaboration yes. hour. Um, all about diversity and like just getting her her take on it and her observations. I can't wait. And it's that gonna, woman's a genius. It's gonna be great. Yeah. And she told me <laughs> she was like, "What do you want me to talk?" And I was like, "Whatever you want to talk about," because I know I don't that care what Karen talks about. I'm gonna listen. I, know, I told her make it'll make me a better person. So like, oh, you yeah. just you go like whatever you want to do, just go and do there, it. There, you know, I but I think about there. There are brokerage out there. There are brokerages out there in in our market that are all white people i mean how do you how do you change something like that how do you get more diverse how do you how do we get that on an l bar level how do we get down on a brokerage level and an nar level yeah that's i mean i think that's the question that everyone's asking right now you know in those positions is is how do we do that and i think if I was in that role, which I'm not, and I haven't been doing like research on it, but I would just say it's all about awareness and all about getting to places and spreading that awareness. Like that's, I mean, I think that's kind of with anything, right? Like when you want to like make people aware of what's going on, it's like you have to, you have to get to certain places to talk to certain people and you have to like just make people aware about what's going on, like kind of open eyes of what's happening. And I think the best, the best thing that come out from that, that, that piece was that it's opened a lot of eyes. And I saw, um, I guess NAR just put out something about fair housing. I like just an, saw a, it. Yeah. Update, like I think it just maybe this morning came out and that's something maybe we can read about and talk about that next time because I think it's, I, I do think it's very interesting. And, and again, it's something that if you're not, 
kind of in that world, you, you may not even know. Like when that came out, I think people's eyes just jumped out of Mine their head. Mine did. Like, I, whoa. I think about it a lot. It it was eye opening to me. It it was it's important. I think I think everyone should watch it. I think Elbar should pay attention. Yeah. I think Elbar should do more. You know, maybe they need to get out in the community more. Uh, you know, maybe they need to invite other than just white people on the board yeah. and things like that, you know? Well, and I, and I think, too, that it, it just provides, again, that awareness that where, that where if, if you just couldn't even imagine doing that, well, at least you see it now. You, you have a story on it. It's a, what, three-year kind of expose yeah. that yeah. was done. So it wasn't just done on a random like once off, like one or two days, like this was a, a comprehensive report that was put out. And so it just makes you think about, you know, the way that you conduct your business and just is another reminder that, um, that this stuff is happening and you, again, you, you don't want to do that. And so you just, you better make sure that like, it's, you know, that's what we're bound by, you know, to be fair and ethical to all parties involved. And, you know, you just have to make sure that that's what you're doing, you know, and I think that's what it comes comes down to. All right. My last question. I ask this to everyone, I believe. What makes you passionate about this? Oh, my gosh. This is another hour, Tiffany. If we <laughs> want to go go to this. I, my goodness. So, Pat. Because you're a realtor. I'm a realtor. You're passionate about selling real estate to yep. people. Yep. And from you know what I know you of is Todd, the, the brokerage guy. Yep. And you're very passionate about this company yep. and the agents here. And yep. you know, when I when I first got here, I told I sent you a, a message. I, well, I sent it to my boyfriend and I was like, they have a guy that will deliver my signs. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, They should change the name to the Pamperage instead of the brokerage. And it's a it's a whole different thing of I don't think people understand. I don't think brokerages quite understand that, you know, you work for me. I don't yep. work for you. Yep. And that's what it feels like. Yeah. Is that you work these people work for me. Yeah. And what what we did here was th- this is the culmination of all those conversations that you've had with yourself, with your friends, with other colleagues about why do they do things like this? If this was my company, I would do things like this. And this is what the brokerage is because it's from the minds of agents and it is here for the agents because we believe that if the agent is in a great environment and feels comfortable and confident and is surrounded by great people Again, it's going to level them up, whether they know it or not. It's the same in every other aspect of life. Like if you are in athletics and you play on a team with a lot of really good players better than you, guess what? You are going to get better. Okay, that's going to happen. If you're in a company where you are around a lot of great people, you're going to get better. And I get passionate about that because this is, and I talk about this stuff all the time. Like this is just, this is our opportunity. Like we are here. How lucky are we to be here in central Kentucky in 2020? We're sitting here in a heated and cooled room with great light. We're on this great podcast equipment. Like, damn, we are freaking lucky. Yeah. Like, and we need to squeeze that opportunity and really, and what I love doing is I love going to work for everyone at this company for this company and really making it the best possible place for agents to be. 
And that involves a lot of things, not just it involves like staying on top of all the real estate trends, knowing what's going on, talking to our people, knowing that like, yes, agent events for our clients are extremely important. And here's why. And this is why we do them. And if we're going to do them, let's make them unbelievable. By the way, I, I know that parties are not going to change my business but it ain't going to hurt. <laughs> I mean, inside joke. And that is, that is it. You know, it's, it's, it's creating this community and that we all have the power to do it. And it's, we're on this journey with everyone else too. And I think that's something that people can feel is that, you know, when I get up there every Monday and I'm talking and I'm going over things that are important, I think people know that, man, that guy is passionate about this and he's not bullshitting me. It's true. And he's not, he's not telling me things that he, he doesn't believe like he believes this. And I hope that shines through because I know there've been places that I've worked where I just don't believe that was the case. And, and eventually it, it shows itself, you know? And so I know that every day I I feel like we got to go to work for everybody and, we have this opportunity to do it and it's time to do it. And I think that is what's so exciting about this is that you can, once you take a step back and take a deep breath, you look back and you're like, wow, like this is what we've built in 18 months and we did it the right way. And we have the most amazing people that love being here. And that's just not something that like, you just can't make that up. And, and I get, and I guess the last part, and I love this question, Tiffany. So thank you. Is that it's like, why wouldn't you be passionate about this? Like besides sleep, work is the number two thing that we're going to spend the most time on in our life. And think about that. Like when yeah. you think about it from a high level view, like this is what we are choosing to do. Like you are choosing to be here at this company. We did not force you to, you don't have to, you could leave right now and go to any company you wanted to in central Kentucky and they would take you right then and there. But you might not, they probably would. They listen to this. They're and like, you, Oh hell no. And you're choosing to be here. <laughs> And so it's like, man, why wouldn't you be passionate about this? Like, this is what you're choosing to do. And I would say, if you're not passionate about it, I would take a, a, a one day, one week break and really get clear on why you aren't, because why would you do that with your life? Like, this is our one chance. Like we don't get this again. And so, um, so yeah, that's why I'm passionate. I like it. Thank you for being here. Thank you everyone for listening. This is The Woke Agent, and this is me with with Todd Back. So thanks, everyone, for listening. You can listen to us on iTunes and Spotify, um, thewokeagent.com. Find us on Facebook. Follow us. We're fun. All right. Thanks, everyone.